was living in a devil town. I didn't know it was a devil town. Oh Lord, it really brings me down about the devil town. Hey everybody, welcome to Clear House Full Hearts, the podcast for the NBC television show Friday Night Lights. My name is Blake, coming to you from Oxford, Mississippi. And today we'll be looking at the 10th episode of Season 3, entitled The Giving Tree. And The Giving Tree is actually one of my favorite books by Shel Silverstein. And I'm one that, as a summer camp counselor during my college years, we acted out quite a bit for uh, for the campers there. Um, in this week's episode, uh, there have been a lot of confrontations, I think a lot of pivotal plot moments that end up happening. And um, I think it seems like the writers are able to focus more on the players and the parents and the coaches and, and everybody that's there right here in Dillon. Um, you know, the last handful of episodes, it seems like we've been wrapping up the storylines of some of the graduated Panthers with Smash and Street. Um, but I think with this episode 10, it then looks like going into the next the next final episodes, uh, 11, 12, and 13, uh, the writers are able to focus specifically in on what's happening in Dillon with the players that are still part of high school, part of the team. Um, I think we we automatically start asking the giving tree what what why is it in, why is it called that why is that the title of this episode and it's because of what Landry ends up telling Tyra in this episode um, she's trying to put her life back together after uh, running away with Cash and seeing him for who he truly was uh, she's calling herself an idiot and she's not knowing what, how she's going to be able to put uh, things back together and get into college and she's got to take the SAT and how difficult it is and Julie ends up telling her that um, she should just ask Landry to help her study for the test because he's good at it, he's smart, he's, he knows how to, these tests work and so she ends up doing that. She ends up trying to ask and see what what he'll do for her. Um, he begins to oblige, he begins to uh, try to help her out when he can, trying to fit her in between band practice um, with uh, Cruci Victorious and also football practice and with it being the playoffs. Um, but uh, she starts wanting more and more time and wanting him to blow off these other responsibilities. She ends up uh, finally hearing him and his thoughts for, for what he's really been thinking for a while. Ends up telling her that she's selfish, that she's rude, and that she just takes and takes and takes like the little boy in the giving tree until nothing is left but a stump and that he is not going to become a stump. And so he tells her that um, she needs to quit being so selfish and walks off and it was a, a really intense moment and it probably was the embodiment of a lot of feelings of those of us who, who watched the show um, been thinking poor Landry that he's been taken advantage of over and over and I think it was a proud moment to see him uh, stand up for himself stand up for himself in the big way the uh, the Taylors and Matt Saracen get to experience a couple of serious talks as well and it's all because of Matt and Julie's relationship they they're hanging out in Matt's bed one afternoon after I assume after football practice it seemed like it was still pretty early in the afternoon but um I guess he got home and she came over and uh, they had been lying in bed uh, and it seems like that uh, coach didn't know to wait on the front door um, he knocked uh, coming to pick Julie up he knocked and went on in and uh, the camera stayed on the outside and you hear him calling for Julie you hear her scream dad and and shriek and all of a sudden you see him just come charging out of the front door marching back to the to the car and, and hops in and um, I guess he locks the car because she had to wait for him to unlock it when when she got there so she could get in and he just drives doesn't say a thing just drives 
Uh, this ends up creating a lot of tension between the for the rest of the episode between Julie and her parents. Sets up a good talk with her and her mom, and uh, sets up some tension between uh, Matt and Coach Taylor too. Um, towards the beginning of the episode, we see we see Buddy in a business meeting at the landing strip, um, and a business meeting that ends up going sour pretty quickly as he's told that his investments that were admit, uh, seemingly shady went down and, and the money's been lost. $70,000. And turns out that uh, it was Lila's college fund. Uh, she had been uh, working on the grades once. Her dad had promised that if she had the grades that he would pay for her, her college and she had been planning to go to Vanderbilt on that. And uh, because of the huge letdown that happens there, she ends up leaving him and uh, stays a night with the with the Taylor's, but then also ends up going to stay at Riggins' place and sets up for towards the end of the episode here. A really, really um, powerful moment, a really mature moment, I think, for Tim Riggins. It also seems that uh, that J.D. McCoy has someone after him here. He's at a party somewhere, I think, at this girl's house, Madison, and she's taking a liking to him. And um, he's don't want drink alcohol there at the party where she is, and he says he's more of a milk guy. And she says that's something that she can really get into. Pours him a glass of milk and, and fires it up for him there. Madison ends up even coming by the house, uh, the McCoy's Palace, one afternoon to, uh, to see J.D. And uh, you can tell automatically that Joe McCoy, uh, J.D.'s dad, is not too keen on that. Um, ends up having a conversation later on with J.D. telling him that, you know, girls will be there after the season. Um, but they're in the playoffs now. The Panthers are looking to go to state and win it. And he needs to put the girls on hold. And J.D.'s saying that, you know, Madison, she's a special girl, that she won't be waiting on him, though, that she, he needs to, you know, go ahead and, and make sure that she knows he's interested in her and vice versa. But he's he convinces J.D. to tell tell all girls that, you know, not now, that he's got to swear off girls for um, time during the playoffs. And you can tell that J.D. is not really wanting to do that. His dad pressures him. And it's just another case of, J, of Joe trying to live his life through his son, trying to live his life through J.D. and control it to the point where uh, you can tell that J.D. seems to be getting to a breaking point of sorts. We have another round of the playoffs here, and the Panthers are up against not just another football team, but it seems some shady referees too. I don't exactly know why the referees are shady. It's never really explained to us, but... Apparently, uh, Coach Taylor has appealed to the um, Texas High School Association, uh, who controls all the football, football games, football officials, and uh, asked for a new set of referees, but he was turned down. And so he informs his team that he's not just playing against the 11 on the other side of the, of the line, but also the referees. And you can tell that uh, as the game starts that these, these officials are letting so many things go by. J.D. McCoy keeps getting late hits. There's pass interference over and over and over. No calls ever made. And, and Coach Taylor gets very, very fired up about that to the point where he's chewing out the, the referees and, and going at it, and he gets tossed out of the game. Um, you know, some, some people wonder, was this on purpose? Was this a calculated, a calculated tossing like happens sometimes at basketball games? You see that in the movie Hoosiers. Or not, uh, and I, so I see why I can say it maybe it is, but I lean towards not really. I don't think it was on purpose because if I'm getting thrown out of a game on purpose, I'm going to make sure that whoever is taking over for me has a game plan in place and kind of knows where I'm wanting to go, what's happening there. But um, he gets tossed, and uh, 
he ends up having to leave the stadium, and he looks like he walks across the parking lot into a bar, as if there's a, a bar in a tent almost right there outside of the outside of the football stadium. But he's the game's on TV, and he's watching. He tries to call uh, Wade Aikman on the on the phone and tell him what plays to run and what to do. But uh, Wade can't hear on the sidelines, which is really kind of comical um, to think that there's somebody's a coach that's in the middle of a game. He's now got held. He's now holding the reins of the of the. Um, of the whole football team there, and he's going to be answering his phone in his pocket on the sidelines during the game, during the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. But um, Wade ends up doing his own thing and uh, ends up winning the game. And you can tell a controversy is beginning to brew as we hear the announcer saying, you know, the new bright, shining star for the Dillon Panthers is Wade Aikman. And um, as the game's over with, Wade celebrating, and you see Bud, Buddy Garrity over there um, with his arm extended, ready to shake him, shake his hand, and looking at him in the eye with, you can't really tell if it's respect, if it's intent, if it's visioning for the future, exactly what's happening there. Um, but um, I, I bet in the next couple of episodes, as the next few episodes of the season wrap up, that we'll see, we'll see something there uh, with um, the McCoys probably, being a being a pivotal cog in, in this machine, as as Wade Aikman is now part of the coaching staff. You know, a couple of questions about the episode as a whole um, that that I think why did Quan Eric Quan Coach Ted just walk into the Saracen house like he knocked real quickly? Uh, maybe he was in a hurry, but he just walked on in, and uh, we have to assume he walked a little bit further back into the house than just looking right there in the front door because he didn't wait for anybody to get there. Um, but uh, Matt's awkwardness was was classic as the the episode went on, and Matt was supposed to go out on a on a date with Julie and go to the movies, and he was asking, "You just meet me at the movies." And Julie basically told him, "No, Matt, you got a man up, yeah, and uh, you got to come and, and pick me up like you always do." And uh, he got there to pick her up, and uh, Tammy, Miss Taylor, just told him, "You know, the coach is out back. Why don't you go wait out there?" And you could tell that was the last place in the world that Matt Sarson wanted to be. And as he goes out there, Coach is, is cleaning the grill with a scrub brush, and he's giving it all he's got. And he's probably wishing he could be scrubbing out Matt Saracen's eyeballs or something like that. As he's, as he's, you know, you can tell that he's not really he's wanting to say so much, but hasn't really said anything. Um, but he ends up telling him, you know, that I'm sure your father would agree. I know he's over right now in Iraq, but uh, but women are to be respected, and that's what I expect of you if you're going to be dating my daughter. Matt agreed, uh, very, very agreeable in that conversation. But at the same time, I, I think that Matt has given Julie um, lots of respect in their relationship, probably more than she's given him, uh, at least in the previous seasons. Uh, but things seem to be kind of solid with them right now. But um, anyway, it was a great moment, a uh, very great moment there. I'm a little concerned with uh, Tyra. Is, is she trying to win Landry back? Uh, after after he gave her that speech about the giving tree and how selfish she was and expects everybody to do things for her uh, she ends up getting him a gig at uh, one of the local one of the local clubs or one of the local uh, places at the bands have shows and I promised that it would be good promised that people would turn out and um, got him a gig there and he was pretty impressed uh, with her ability to uh, to do that for him I believe ended up um, having a show lots of people showed up after the after the game and um you can see that look in her eye as she was starting to look at him, and you could think that if she thinks she wants him back or she wants to still explore things are going on right there. Um, not sure. Uh, I'm cautious because I, on one hand, I think it would be nice and 
kind of a cool story to have them back together. But at the same time, I, I don't know that they, that they, I don't know that I want that for Landry. Um, I don't want, cause it seems like she's, she's so, uh, flighty. She's so with the wind. It seems like things keep going back and forth there so often. So we'll see what happens with there. And if you have any opinions on that, uh, be sure to be sure to let us know either on the blog or it'd be great if you could call in as well, leave some voicemail. Um, I was a little surprised that uh, that buddy called Lila spoiled rotten um, when, when she was telling him how he's, he's he's made mistakes and all, and he says you're just a spoiled rotten little kid. When if she is spoiled rotten, um, he's the one that spoiled her all these last 18 years. Um, but she, you know she's worked for her grades, um, was even willing to she was even willing to get a part time job to help out with around the around the condo around the apartment when. He originally told her that they had lost some of the money. That he had lost some money there, um, and so she's she's not been too demanding, especially her senior year. But um, after a fight uh, on the, out front of Riggins' house, right on his front front stoop there, um, she goes back in the house and he's yelling, "Lila Garrity, get back here! Don't you don't you run away from me? You get back out here!" And he's about to charge into the house, and you see Tim step up to the door and just kind of block the door. Buddy's up in his face and like Tim Riggins, you let me in there. I'm going to see my daughter, and, and a really, um, I guess, striking stroke of maturity, and yet calmness. Um, Tim says, "No, not right now." And he says, "You know," he tells him to go home, please. And uh, I, you know, I, I would not have expected, I would not have been surprised at all. I guess if. Uh, if there had been some sort of physical confrontation there, because Buddy was, look, he was about to blow a gasket or go into a heart attack any moment. He was so emotional, so pumped up, so fired up, um, wanting, wanting Lila to get out there. But uh, Tim calmly just stood there and said, no, not right now. Um, you know, and where does that come from over the last few years? Uh, I guess if we have to assume that his, that was his sophomore year with season one instead of he's now in his third senior season. But, um, He's developed some maturity and some control, obviously, over the last handful of times that we've seen him. So that's about it for The Giving Tree. As we look towards next week's episode, we look and see that there's going to be some confrontations again between now Eric and Buddy. And uh, we have to assume it's got something to do with the job. And Eric's saying he doesn't like what he's hearing. Um, and he says, well, if you don't want to hear, you need to keep your nose out of it. And uh, it's a, a, quite a turn of relationship status there between those two guys. And there's always been... Uh, a unique one, obviously, but even when Buddy was thrown out of his house after he was, was unfaithful in his marriage, it was at Eric's house that he was he was taken to. I mean, he not was taken to, but that going to and living there for a bit. Um, anyway, at the same time, we see some uh, Grandma Saracen's hurt. Uh, what's wrong with her? How, she's down on the ground. Looks like she's going to need to have the ambulance called after her. So if you have any opinions on uh, this past week's episode that we saw, uh, The Giving Tree, or looking towards the one showing up this next Friday night, we welcome your input and comments. Again, you can visit the blog at fnlpodcast.com and leave some information there, leave a comment, uh, leave some questions. We'll be glad to, uh, to include those comments that you have on the show here, or if you have any questions that we could ask on the show for others to, to leave some input and feedback too. Um, also, you can email us at fnlpodcast.com at gmail.com or as always um, would love to have some listener feedback in the way of voicemail you can call 646-495-9205 and then extension 95469 again that's 
495-9205 with extension 94 excuse me extension 95469 um and i apologize about getting this out a day late uh, i've been sick over the weekend and still getting over it my voice has been um very gravelly very hoarse and so uh i think it's, it's i'm getting ri- well getting rid of everything now but um a few a little bit of news uh, not really much news i guess to really speak on but uh it seems like scott porter who has played Jason Street, is up for the possibility of being uh, Flash Gordon in a new movie about Flash. Um, other than that, I don't know that we really have any, any big news happening. We're still look on the lookout for any news from DirecTV and NBC. Are they are they cutting a deal? I did see where it seems like Channel 101 on DirecTV is going to be picking up some other shows that, uh, that were shown on uh, network television but may not have been able to complete, such as The Nine, uh, I think such as Smith things that didn't finish their uh, their run there they got canceled early but still had some episodes in the can those will now be moved to uh to direct tv and channel 101 and so we're still obviously hoping that direct tv and nbc will be able to get a, another deal in order for not just one but two more seasons um, also one thing follow us on twitter um if, you, if any of you guys are on twitter you can go to uh twitter.com slash fnl podcast and you'll see us on there um and actually this earlier this week or late last week i should say connected with uh whitney hoy who plays madison jd's new girlfriend on the show um she is uh wit hoy uh, that's her username there on twitter um a little bit of a shout out for her i guess but um follow us on twitter we give out some information now and then um have some show updates as as we get those out we can update pretty quickly on twitter and um, if you're not a part of Twitter, then you're you're not a part of 2009, it seems. But uh, Twitter's a great tool. Anyway, looking forward to this Friday night. Uh, looking forward to see what happens as we continue on with the Panthers. Um, any questions, any comments, please, as we say, contact us. Uh, best way is just to go to the blog at fnl.com. Excuse me, fnlpodcast.com. And uh, all the other contact information is there. Hope that things are going great for you. Look forward to hearing uh, from you very, very soon. Remember, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't